0: Welcome to the Birth Nurses Podcast. I'm Shana Brickner from Preparented, and I'm joined by my co-host Liz Baker Wade from Birth and Beyond in Santa Monica. We are the Birth Nurses. In this podcast, we talk about birth and nursing practice, and labor and delivery, and in a broader sense, the whole world of nursing too. From two women who have been on both sides of the birthing bed, we've got some things to talk about that will enhance your understanding of birth. Whether you're a first-time pregnant parent, a parent to one or more babies, or a professional in the birth world, this podcast is for you. Join me and Liz and special guests as we share and learn from each other here on The Birth Nurses Podcast.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Liz, and we are here with The Birth Nurses Podcast. Shana's here, too. Hey, Shana. Hi. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm good. How about you?
1: Good. I'm good. How are the kids? <laughs> Everybody good?
0: Yes, they're good.
1: I always have to start out with Shana's three children and how they're doing. <laughs> I feel like I have it so easy as an empty nester. I have nobody to put to sleep at night. So we have a fun guest today. We have Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hi, thank you for having me. Really exciting. And Jessica and Shana are friends. Mm-hmm. And Jessica is a labor and delivery nurse here in Los Angeles, so we get to pick her brain and talk to her about nursing, how she got there, how she feels about it, uh, what's it like to be a labor nurse, and
0: I'll let Shana start. Shana, yeah. Hey. Okay, Jessica. First, Hello. can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, and how long you've been a nurse? Yeah. Sure. Um, so my name is Jessica, and I have a bachelor of science
2: degree in nursing that I received from UCLA, and currently I am a labor and delivery nurse, and I have been in that specialty for seven years now.
0: Awesome. So you went Thank straight you. into labor and delivery. You didn't do med surge beforehand, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I
0: I found my my little niche, I guess.
2: And I got right into it. And I was very fortunate because I know it's difficult to get right into a specialty right out of college. Um, Most people Mm -hmm. have to go through a couple years of med surge and then transfer into a specialty. But I got hired right into labor and delivery. um, And I'm so grateful for it. And I've loved it ever since.
1: It used to be that way, but now because of the nursing crisis, the nursing shortage, compounded, of course, by the pandemic, um, more and more people are graduating and coming right into subspecialties. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's an interesting
0: thing. Yeah. Can we backtrack a little bit? What got you interested in nursing in the first place? Um, Yeah, so um, my
2: mom is actually a nurse, so I would say she sparked my initial interest in healthcare and nursing. Um, And then when I was in high school, I actually had um, a pretty major surgery and I was in the hospital for about a week. And so I got to experience firsthand what it's like to be a patient and um, what it's like to receive care. And um, yeah, I think that experience really impacted me and just further solidified um, why I wanted to become a Yeah, it was a really good experience to just kind of um, see how nurses educate and care for their patients and, you know, support their patients. And that's just something that I I saw myself doing and um, really felt passionate about. So I would say those two things um, are what drove me into nursing.
1: Excellent. No regrets? Well, you're happy. No,
2: I'm happy. Yeah. I mean, excellent. flexibility is amazing, obviously. Um, and I don't know. There's just so many cool things about nursing that have just kept me there, you know, these past seven years, and and that's kind of just where I see myself um, in the future as well. Bedside nursing. Yeah, for I mean, I haven't really thought if I wanted to pursue like management or education. Right now, I'm very content as a bedside nurse. Um, so I'm focusing on that Um, but well I don't know we'll see what the future holds I could always you know possibly go into education um, or something like that
1: that is one of the great things about our profession is the ability to make lateral moves to go to different departments
2: um, right yeah
1: to try different specialties to go out of the hospital environment I mean that is truly one of the luckiest things about what we do not not only just the patient care, but the flexibility, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that is a really cool part of it. There's uh, just so many different areas of nursing that you can go into. Um, so yeah. if you, you know, if you're ever feeling called to a different specialty or anything, it's really easy to make those movements. Um, so yeah, that's another really I cool did that. part about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I started out as a med surg nurse. At UCLA, I was trained there. That was my first job. I was there for 11 years. I started out um, on a floor that was completely out of my league as a new nurse. I was terrified. Stayed there for (laughs) several years and thought, I'll just take a break. And I think I just want to do something completely different. And I had this ideologic idea of labor and delivery, as everyone does, and um, went to labor and delivery and never left. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah interesting how you just sort of slip into something. I mean, I thought uh, I loved them both though. I, I would have gone back to transplant nursing. I could have done either, but I was there and comfortable
2: and it's great. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome to hear.
0: Jessica, what led you specifically to labor and delivery versus pediatrics or another specialty? Yeah. Well, I love babies. Um, But that's a pretty simple
2: answer. So I would say um, probably the more honest answer is that I just feel like there's um, just a lot of different aspects of being a labor and delivery nurse that I've just grown to love. Um, I really enjoy the fast pace of labor and delivery. Um, Hmm. You know, you're always on your toes. You never know what's walking through the door. I like that. And I like the autonomy that comes with being a labor and delivery nurse. I feel like there's a lot of independence, um, which is, which I think is something unique about labor and delivery. Um, But also, I just wanted to be um, present for such a special time in um, a mother's life. Is just a miracle and it's amazing. And, um, you know, I'm still blown away by it every time. And so, yeah, it's it's just something really special to witness. And I'm so fortunate to be able to witness this miracle, you know, every time I go to work. I wanted to be a source of comfort and support for women and their partners. I wanted to strengthen and encourage women throughout their laboring and postpartum journey. Um, And I really enjoyed the education that um, came with being a labor and delivery nurse. There's a lot of educating during the laboring process and postpartum. And I wanted to give families the knowledge and confidence they needed to be able to go home and care for their new baby. Um, So I feel like kind of all of those things kind of encapsulate why I enjoy labor and delivery nursing.
0: That's awesome that, that was such like. a good summary and I feel yeah. like you stole the words right out of my mouth like all of those things is what captured my heart for yeah sometimes to people
1: say doesn't that doesn't it just get old and I have to say no, that part doesn't yeah it really it doesn't, doesn't get old. Out. and you're yeah, being present sense. and helping a family bring their baby earth mm. is very profound Even still, sometimes I am really awed by the whole thing, especially
2: when it's complicated. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I I also enjoy, it's such a personal and vulnerable time, and I feel like Mm -hmm. you're really able to connect with your patient and their partner on such an intimate level in such a short Mm -hmm. period of time. You know, you might have these people, this patient, your care for 12 hours but by the end of those 12 hours you've grown so close to them and I think that's also a really cool (laughs) part of it well that's
0: an understatement (laughs) we get real close close. and, (laughs) and just like you were saying how you when you were a kid or in high school and you were in the hospital you remember that experience so vividly and same thing like for a mom and a new like a new parents um bringing in their baby to the world for the first time like they are in such this I don't know this whole new world and then they have a nurse who is right by their side through the whole the whole thing and they're gonna remember your name they're gonna remember your face I remember that when I was giving birth to my daughter I remember their names all my nurses I remember their names I remember what they look like and Specific things they said or did. And it's such a special time in yeah. the family's life.
2: And as nurses, we remember our patients too. You know, we, exactly. we don't go home
0: and forget about them. You know,
2: I think of my patients, you know, every time I go home and even days later, you know, I'll, I'll ask, Hey, how'd so and so do? You know, yeah did she get her vaginal delivery? Or, you know, oh, I, so you know, true.
1: I do it in the middle of the night. I get up and obsess. <laughs> It's terrible. <laughs> I still do that happened 30 years. <laughs> what's happened
0: with me and you is that like you will have given me a patient like yes. in a report and then you'll call me or text me like a few hours later. Like, how are they doing? You know, I <laughs> I mean, love it's really hard to it.
1: separate sometimes. And you can't I go to Oh, yeah. No, I've woken up at three o'clock in the morning. Absolutely. And just called labor and delivery. And they just laugh. And I'm like, oh, is she okay? Is that baby okay? Like, yeah, Yeah. things were looking sketchy when I left. And uh, her, you know, either blood pressure was elevated or her baby was being, you know, having, giving us angst. And and I can't fall asleep until somebody tells me. I thought that would change, but I think it gets more um, intense as I age. And I will tell you, Mm -hmm. I'll just reveal, obviously you can see that I'm several decades older than Shana. (laughs) So we've been able to talk about what it's like to be young and then what it's like to be walking down the street in your community and have a, a person walk up to you and say, you were my labor nurse. And then they tell you, you know, their child is in college Mm-hmm. And I like, wow, that's the <laughs> profound effect. I mean, I remember yeah. people at the grocery store and the guy who was my tailor and the people at the grocery you know, the dry cleaners had been in my community for 40 years. But it is always amazing to me how people remember this profound experience. Yep, it's like yeah. etched into their heads. Yeah. yeah I've seen pictures awesome. of myself 25 years ago. It's crazy that people oh just want to hand me. <laughs> You know, like I, you know, you're in my baby book. Oh, wow. that's so great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is great. It is great. It, it, it's a little bit like taking a bullet when they tell you they've just got married,
0: you know. <laughs> it's like,
1: oh, really? <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> but yeah, it, it kind of never ends. Pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're in labor and delivery. You have now had um, several years under your belt to kind of observe policy, procedure, standards of care, area, community standards of standards of care. We've talked about that um, on our podcast a lot in the, especially there, are several early podcasts about our feelings about how we would like to see labor and delivery evolve. Was that a diplomatic way of putting it, Shana? Yeah. Evolve. Okay, good. Things that we
0: want to <laughs> see change, yeah.
1: Yeah, we're trying. <laughs> what about you? Is there something that you can think of or something that's blaringly obvious or something that sort of has gotten into your head that you'd like to see
2: change move forward, evolve, whatever you want to call it? Um. Yeah, I mean, I would say that the number of inductions has significantly increased. You know, elective inductions or kind of those right. soft post date inductions. Um, right. You know, we've been seeing a lot more of those, and you know, you will see those patients in the hospital for days sometimes, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's really challenging for them. And um, you know, I think it would be it would be great to see less inductions and you know, patients coming into labor and delivery in labor instead of us forcing their bodies into labor. Um, I always feel like, you know, sometimes we end up putting inductions on hold because we're so busy and then they might come in the next day in natural labor and we're like, oh, this is perfect. And then the process process is just um, goes much faster and it, it seems to go much smoother and um, yeah, it would be nice to see that happen more often. Um, so I think that's an area where I would like to see change is just kind of, uh, giving patients and their bodies the time that they need to go into labor, um, and not be Mm -hmm. so quick to induce. Um, and maybe just, um, I don't know. I I wish that patients would, understand that they have more say in their care than they think. Um, I think a lot of times patients might feel uh, intimidated um, when their doctor comes and explains the plan of care and um, then they'll leave the room and they'll they'll tell me like, well, what, what if I don't want that? And I'm like, oh, well, speak up. You have a say in your care. Like, you know, you can agree to or refuse to anything and we're just here to educate you um, and, you know, tell you what we recommend as uh, healthcare providers, but in the end it's your choice. Um, so I feel like I wish that patients would understand that they have more say in how they want their birth experience to go. Because I feel like a lot of people get to the hospital and they just kind of let things go as we tell them, and maybe it's not what they personally want. So do you, was
1: it safe to say that you have, um, some interest in exploring how you can help patients understand risk benefit. It's not just consent because we hand over consents, don't we? And I tell newer, and I I don't mean to be condescending in any way, but newer nurses, young nurses, that's all I can speak to, um, that part of the job is to be able to use your nursing diagnosis and to use your knowledge and your education and your experience to empower and sometimes I hate using these buzzwords you know she and I talked about this all the time it drives me (laughs) but I have to Um, the patient to ask questions and do you feel like that's an area where young nurses are trying to find their voice do you find that you're heard is it hard to get through into administration's ear? Are there committees where you work to work on, for instance, lowering the induction rate or the C-section rate?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, we are working very actively to reduce our C-section rate. That's kind of a big a big thing that we're working on. And so um, we've trained nurses in labor support measures. We've encouraged nurses to use the peanut ball, to use... Uh, intrauterine pressure catheters to help us kind of, um, you know, determine if these contractions are adequate enough to um, get these patients into labor and some different measures we've been encouraged to utilize in order to decrease our C-section rate. In terms of inductions, I feel like that's an area where it's a little bit challenging to um, Mm -hmm. kind of get everyone on board. But
1: I I do, you do really need a group of people around you who are willing to start voicing their concerns. Um, As of today, we are 64th in industrialized developed nations in maternal morbidity and mortality. It's not good. And certainly, as we've talked about on this podcast before, you can take back to your unit and younger nurses that with all these inductions, we have not done a very good job of improving the morbidity and mortality. So it's just math to me. Yeah, right. yeah, and yeah, I think right. um,
2: I think for these younger nurses, you know myself included, I think it's important to just uh, be comfortable with having conversations with your providers and being comfortable, kind of bouncing ideas off each other on what the patient wants, what the physician wants, um, and kind of come to an agreement as a group, as a cohesive group, on what the best plan of care is for the patient. So. I think it's just a lot of being comfortable communicating with um, providers and expressing concern, or if you think, you know, there's an alternate plan of care that might be more beneficial to the patient, um, being comfortable bringing that to the physician's attention. And I think it takes time, doesn't bomb- it? It does. <laughs> it does take a lot of time. Um, I mean, yeah. when I was brand new, I would, I would not go there for sure. But you know, at this stage. I'm comfortable with my physicians. I'm comfortable with my coworkers. We bounce ideas off each other. Um, and it's a lot easier to have those conversations. But, you know, when you are just starting out, it is hard to um, take that mm-hmm. step forward and, um, you know, have those harder conversations.
1: That's why it's important for nurses that have a few years under their belt, especially in places like labor and delivery, to be able to help those nurses find their voice. And Mm -hmm. I always encourage every new nurse to join AWAN. Mm -hmm. And um, that's really important to get involved in looking at literature and papers and bringing information to the labor and delivery unit where, and sharing ideas openly so that the upper management and the obstetricians know that we're not just there to be the, you know, standing by, that we're participating in our patient's care.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's important to get involved in, uh, like, your unit committees um, and get comfortable bringing ideas to the table and discussing ideas with management and other coworkers.
0: Um,
2: I got involved with my unit-based committee early on um, in my Mm -hmm. nursing career. It was really beneficial and helped me get comfortable Speaking with upper upper management and voicing my concerns, voicing my ideas. So I feel like that all experience right. was um, very beneficial for me.
0: It's great. So, Good. How long would you say it took you to feel comfortable speaking up? Oh man! Well,
2: my first year of nursing, I feel like I cried all the time. <laughs> hi, hi, meet you. Yep. I, yep. <laughs> yep. I, I remember that. I mean, I was on night shift, so that was a whole struggle in itself. And then just a, lot of, a lot of stress and anxiety. And yeah. so I cried a lot the first year. So that first year was kind of a wash. And then I feel like, I feel like by uh, year, I would say for sure, year three, I was feeling good about, you know, yeah. speaking up and Feeling mm-hmm. more confident in myself. Um, year two, I moved to day shift, and that was, there was, you know, stuff oh, to go The to angels.
1: The yeah. I spent in the angels. I know. It's yes. it's like, <laughs> <laughs> That's I spent uh, 20 years on night shift, 20 oh straight years. Oh
0: so when God. I finally
1: decided to be a day person, um, <laughs> It was just It was just such a, I mean, it was good for me for raising my son. Yeah. Right. So I actually saw him more. But yeah. after a while, when I, uh, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't cope anymore. I was not making good decisions. And I thought, okay, this is, yeah. this is the time that this has to stop. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? At what point did you, uh, have you delivered your own baby yet?
2: Patient? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And what was it like the first time? It's like, okay, it's you and me, my friend.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, the first time I was like terrified, but I had, it wasn't just me and the patient. I had other, I had plenty of co-workers in the room with me. Mm -hmm. So there was a whole team there. Um, Mm -hmm. And we had like the Nixie team there for the delivery. And so like, I felt very supported, but I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah. this is happening!" Um, no, don't but, worry,
1: you will end up f- delivering somebody in, you know, in the uh, valet or the bathroom
2: at some point. <laughs> trust me. Right. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. So You'll be
2: fine.
1: <laughs>
2: yes, um, I, I feel like I feel like when the time happens, when the baby's just coming out and the doctor can't get there, the baby pretty much just delivers itself. That's kind of how, how I right. say it. So I'm just there to, to guide the baby into the world, but <laughs> kind of does the rest for itself.
0: Exactly. Wow. Well, are you, I think there's been such a difference, too, between 2014, when we started as nurses, and now in 2021, how do you feel about what's expected of nurses in 2021? Like, with COVID going on last year and still going on this year, how has that impacted your nursing career? Your thoughts about nursing? Talk yeah, to us about that. Um, I mean, specifically in regards to the
2: pandemic, um, nurses and hospital staff had to be uh, very flexible and adaptable to constantly changing. Uh, policies and procedures. Um, so that was challenging. I mean, it seemed like every week there was new emails on, you know, here's the expectation now and here's what we recommend now. And so, um, you know, that was a challenging time trying to keep up to date with everything. Um, and, uh, I think for labor and delivery specifically, um, not being able to have as many visitors was challenging for our patients. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and that, that's only just recently changed, specifically at my hospital, but um, for quite a while, it was just the one support person. And um, so I know for some patients who maybe want their mother there or their sister there, um, you know, it's it's challenging for them. It's such a special time for them to not have everyone present that they wanted. Um, I think it just put a little bit more pressure on nurses to be more present with the patient and of act as another support person. Um, so that was, you know, that was a good experience for us to be able to kind of fill that void for that patient. Um, but, you know, it is challenging with all the charting that you have to do. And mm-hmm. when you have multiple patients that you need to um, be really present for, it can be difficult to juggle and balance all of those things. But um, yeah, I think the visitor policy thing was kind of a a big change for us in labor and delivery. That's such an important point
1: because there are listeners out there that believe that, you know, there is this person that's only going to be there in their room with them. And nursing is so much more than that. So the added informatics, the medical record, keeping the electronic medical record, Um, Keeping the amount of charting, the unexpected um, walk-ins, the unexpected sick patients, and our labor and delivery units really act as a labor and delivery ERs.
0: Mm -hmm. And as
1: um, we get more and more and more high-risk patients as the years go by with the so much more uh, infertility treatments and comorbidities, Mm -hmm. that those people are really important that they're educated as well. I'd love Mm -hmm. to see more people bring their best friend or their mother or their sister along with their partners to birth class. If you're Mm going to be there, so you really understand what's going on in the room. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, That's really important. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It would be great. I think another thing that has, affected the patient's view of the nurse role is that COVID and even this year in 2021, like we nurses have been so overworked that like a sick day for nurses might just be them needing a day to recover, but then you can't bank on the number of nurses that are going to be staffed that shift. So then the patient doesn't necessarily know like, Oh, they're short two nurses today or tonight. And you're trying to be this, you know, you're keeping it all together and you're not telling all the drama of the unit, but you're taking care of this patient and two other patients that you know, should have been with this other nurse, but that nurse called in sick. And it's like this this downward spiral. Yeah, yeah. How do you function
1: within the staffing parameters that you have? Do you find that there's burnout? Is there a shortage of nurses? What is? How does Um, it impact you when you're running low? What do you do?
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of nurses are... Feeling burnt out and stressed, partially from the pandemic for sure, but also in labor and delivery. It's baby season now, so we're very busy, Um, and so, you know, that plays into the stress and burnout, Um, and yeah, we definitely could use more nurses on the floor because, like Shayna said, there are just, you know, those sick calls that you don't know about until you know, you get in, do your shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and so additional nurses are always, you know, helpful to have, um, cause you never know what's walking through the door either. You know, it is right. like, like a labor and delivery ER. So, and we just mm-hmm. keep accepting patients and, you know, it's not like a NICU with a certain amount of beds or, and then, you know, if they get a new admit, they transfer out, you know, we don't do that in labor and delivery. They just Come coming and we find them a bed and somehow we find them a nurse. Um, but, yeah, it can definitely be, be stressful when there's more patients than nurses. It can be a challenging day. And, you know, when those days happen, it's it's harder to be as present with your patient as you would like.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and it's easy to kind of feel like you're just running around and not giving your patients as much attention as you would prefer. Yes. Yes. You feel
1: like you're tasking. I I do go home some days and I mean, I have definitely did not do my best as far as being present. You know, you don't want to phone it in. Labor and delivery is just absolutely like all nurses, the ICU nurses and the step down Mm -hmm. nurses and ortho. I mean, everybody's working hard, but because the three of us are labor and delivery, we're speaking to that. But this is a it's definitely, you want to support your hip replacement patient and your patient that's had an accident or traumatized or a brain injury. But yeah, in course. birth, these patients are generally young-ish. They're giving mm-hmm. birth. This is a sentinel moment. This is a profound time. And it's hard to phone that in when you're exhausted. And you really have to leave all your stuff in the locker room. hmm like, yeah. Right. Definitely. You don't want you don't want you beat your labor nurse to be a drag. I mean, you know, what can I say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I have to think about that and talk to talk myself, you know, off the ledge a little bit in the locker room, and like, OK, pull it together. You can do anything for 12 hours. Go in there. Yeah. And this is her day. This is their day. And yeah. you're going to be excited, even though you want to shoot yourself right now because you're so tired. So that's just the way it has to be in labor and delivery. Yeah,
2: I mean, I I pray every car ride to work for <laughs> strength and patience staffing. and yes, <laughs> good staffing and staffing <laughs> and staffing more <worth laughs> staff. Right? Yes. I, I definitely have to um, center myself, you know, before coming in on a shift because I do want to give my patient all of me um, and give them the attention um, and care that they deserve. And yeah, like you said, you have to leave, you know, what's going on at home or, you know, lack of, you know, if you're tired or whatever, you just have to leave it in the locker room and go out there and, and
1: you have to find ways to cope with difficult situations in labor and delivery yeah. family. Yeah. people who they have the their expectations of you is that you're sometimes I think they think we are just these automatons and you know, we're there to, not really have a dialogue, but to just meet every expectation. And Mm -hmm. that's something that we're trying to shift a little bit to understand that your nurses are human and we have family and people depending on us and we're there to do a job and we work for institutions that expect Mm -hmm. us to follow policy and procedure and standard of care. So it's kind of interesting how... There is, you know, there is populations of people out there who really who really don't understand that. And we want you to have, we want that patient to have that experience that they want in their birth, but mm-hmm. it is not always in alignment with what we're able to provide. Right. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. yeah. And that's why there's birthing have- centers
2: and home birth yeah.
1: midwives. Yeah. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, yes. they're out there. Sometimes you are, you know, having to you know, explain, you know, we can't do that because there are policies in place, you know, and uh, yeah, it can be difficult, yeah. you know, telling them that kind of news and hoping that doesn't tarnish your relationship for the rest of the shift. Um,
0: right. Oh my goodness, that's always <laughs> they, fire yeah. they fire you. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. They fire you and want another nurse.
1: Right. <laughs> yes. So how do you, how do you decompress do you talk about your day with your other nurse friends? Do you yeah. vent to each other? Do you have meetings or retreats or staff meetings where you can talk about these issues?
2: Um, what do you do? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I have a lot of wonderful coworkers that um, mm-hmm. I trust and really connect with. And so I feel comfortable venting to them or expressing frustration or stress or anxiety, anything like that. I feel really comfortable voicing those things to them, you know, and we have excellent charge nurses that are there to listen. If I'm ever anxious about a tracing, you know, I feel comfortable bringing that to another nurse's attention or uh a, nurse's attention and just saying, Hey, can you, can you look at this? What do you think about this? What would, what, what would you do? I feel very comfortable doing that. And so it helps me knowing Mm -hmm. that I have such a strong support system there with me. And then, you know, my mom being a nurse, I'm able to voice, you know, any stress or anxiety with her. And she completely understands because she's in the same boat as me. Um, So that's that's really helpful having her to be there and actually like truly understand what I'm feeling um, and uh, be able to, you know, agree with me on, you know, certain anxieties or frustrations that I might have. And I give my dog a big old hug and he always, you know, greets me as if he's never seen me before. So that's always fun to come home to (laughs) yeah um advice for new nurses. Uh, oh my gosh let's see what would
1: i yeah in you're seven years in you're in labor and delivery you're Mm -hmm. in a very high stress area um right now i would say there's more nurses who come from other units to train in labor and delivery than i've ever Mm -hmm. seen in 33 years and a fair amount of them um who are wonderful and lovely and smart and hardworking say, Oh, no, thank you. I had no idea that this is what labor and delivery is because it's funny. I was going to mention that what you said was because I love babies (laughs) and I defaulted into labor and delivery after some very brief thinking of where I would go from, I was on a liver transplant medical Mm -hmm. surgery before. It was very intense. And there was an opening in the ER and there was an opening in labor and delivery. And there was an opening uh, on one other floor. And I just thought, all right, I'll just apply to labor and delivery for a little switchy switchy. It wasn't really, wasn't, you know, something Mm -hmm. that I considered my passion for me. I had to grow into loving it because there was enough, Crazy and intensity yeah. that interested me. But how much time do we I spend know. with the babies? As well as <laughs> I know people don't really, people
2: don't right. really. I not do spend that much time
1: yeah. with them. So why why not postpartum? And like, are you interested? Do you float to postpartum? Do you go over to the mother baby unit? Or do you predominantly stay, I predominantly in, labor and stay
2: delivery? in labor and delivery, but I can float to postpartum if they're short. Um, during my new grad program, mm-hmm. we were trained in postpartum before coming to labor and delivery. So I can float, um, but predominantly I'm in labor and delivery. Um, and I think for me, I think I, from what I recall on my days that I've spent in postpartum, um, you know, it's four couplets one nurse, and I feel like, um, you know, that's a lot of patients to, to juggle and to um, kind of be there fully with them and get to know them relationally and bond with them. I feel like that's challenging. So in labor and delivery, I, I really like the ratios that we have.
1: We have to work as nurses mm-hmm. and we have to help our compadres in, mm-hmm. in postpartum empower themselves mm-hmm. to insist on a better yeah. nurse to patient ratio yeah. in most hospitals
0: it really right. should
1: be three to one and in most yeah. hospitals it's four to one and that is a significant yeah. problem in our community and all communities that have that kind of yeah. ratio, not just our community of course so what advice would you have for a new nurse who wants to enter into labor and delivery would you have benefited from going someplace else first? Are you happy with your trajectory or how you went into L and D? What would you yeah. tell a new grad that it was like now that you know what it's really <laughs> um, like?
2: Not right, just what yes. you thought it would um, be like. I mean, I think I think it's important, you know, if you start I think it is important to start possibly in med surge and get that solid foundation. Um, and kind of have a better understanding of normal versus abnormal with, you know, bodily functions. I feel like in labor and delivery, you get a majority pretty healthy patients. So when you get patients with abnormal lung sounds, you're like, wait, am I hearing this right? I don't hear this very often, you know? So I think having a med surge foundation is important, Mm -hmm. um, I think I would have benefited from I that. Um, but I got this opportunity and so I just ran with it. Um and I'm very thankful for that for sure. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily change my decision, but I think it is beneficial to have that um foundation in, you know, like a med surge unit. I think it it would be helpful.
1: Yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to qualify that. I don't think necessarily that all specialty nurses need to go through medical surgical nursing, but I do believe that a labor and delivery program should be mm, expanded to yeah. six months. I think that mm. if nurses had six months... To really start understanding that they're seeing something so completely different than anywhere else in the hospital. Because it is true in labor and delivery, people do come in well Mm -hmm. and can leave ill. Pathologies and conditions evolve, for instance, like preeclampsia, right? right? And so on and so forth over the course of labor. So you are dealing with somebody that may have walked in healthy and Mm. became ill amnionitis right. infections mm-hmm. hemorrhaging and so on other than right somebody that comes in ill or, or having had an accident and hopefully mm-hmm. if they recover yeah. leave more well and that the comorbidity of that requires a lot of training so i know that young nurses just feel like they're getting cut loose a little bit too soon especially with the nursing yeah. shortage yeah the way it is so i hope that You sound like somebody that could end up in a good uh, leadership program and get your young nurses involved in A1, have them reach out to midwives Mm -hmm. and doulas. You cannot, I can't stress enough the um, education that labor and delivery nurses can get from people who are doing things differently than we do in an institution of labor and delivery. And just reaching out to those people on Facebook, on Instagram, taking classes and learning um, is, uh, I think it's invaluable. Yeah. So that's yeah, for me to you.
2: That is that is important. And that's not always something that, you know, that's not something I would think about. But that's, you know, that is very important to to kind of get a better understanding of how other people do it, like in birthing centers or. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's good advice. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Or normal normal
1: physiologic
2: birth,
0: Mm -hmm. actually, (laughs) what's going on out
2: there.
0: (laughs) A a great resource for me lately has been the Evidence-Based Birth website. And you could be a member and see all these research articles. And she has all these monthly trainings for nurses and birth workers and podcasts. So uh, EBB Evidence-Based Birth is it has been a great resource for me lately yeah. and i recommend it people a lot of young labor
1: and delivery nurses are often astonished to find out that what we do in hospital setting is vastly different than what you know physiologic birth is all about so right. you can take you can take some of that back to your your peeps yeah. you know <laughs> yeah Thank
0: you so much, Jessica, for being on our podcast and fielding all Thank our you. questions. <laughs> yeah. I hope you didn't feel bombarded. I haven't talked to a new, new, new
1: labor and delivery nurse. And of course, you're not even new, new, new. You're seven years in, but it feels
0: like... Still
2: newest. new. I paper, <laughs> I paper
0: charted. That's how I've... Yeah. Seven years in, I still felt like I don't know anything. <laughs> I
2: know. There's, I
0: still have so much to see and learn.
2: So, um you know, I, I, I take every day and I look forward to new opportunities to learn new things, see new things, have my coworkers tell me, Hey, try this, try that. I learn something new all the time. And I'm so grateful for that. So, Fantastic. um, you know, I, I still consider myself newish for sure. I still have, I still have a lot to see and learn and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jessica. So good to meet you.
2: Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. Nice talking to you guys. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Birth Nurses Podcast. If you enjoyed this, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can share this podcast with your pregnant friends or new moms. Secondly, you can write a review and rate us on iTunes. And thirdly, we would love if you would check out our Instagram accounts and websites. I'm on Instagram as PreParented and online www.preparented.com. And Liz is on Instagram as Birth Nurse Liz, and her website is birthandbeyond.net. Thanks for listening.